We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. What we do not do is spy unlawfully on Americans. We are leaving in 2014, period. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In order to fight and defeat this enemy, it is necessary to wage a new all-out offensive. You are listening to Biting the Bullet with Luke and Typo. All right, welcome everyone to Biting the Bullet. This week, we have a great guest. I was actually on his podcast a while ago, and I finally wanted to feel like I should get around to return the favor, but I really enjoyed our conversation, and uh, we mainly talked about Bitcoin and things like that. But anyways, the guest today is Andrew Howard with uh, Bitcoin Reserve. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing well. Nice to talk to some uh, fellow veterans who are also jaded like myself so yeah looking forward <laughs> to shooting the shit when did it when did the jading start for you when was that that's a good question man um when did the jading start well hmm, frankly it was it was kind of there starting from boot camp yeah like you you can see how ridiculous and politically correct the military has gotten just even hearing the stories of like people who have been in before i had a i had a history Mm -hmm. teacher in high school who uh was also a recon marine and he and i were super close and just the stories he would tell versus the experience i had even starting in boot camp was just vastly different um but like the real hardcore jaded stuff i would say started about a year and a half to two years in uh, of active duty when I first started going down the 9-11 rabbit hole and uh, questioning <laughs> questioning the narrative on that one. Yeah. 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 That's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good place to start, I guess. Like that's, uh, <laughs> well, it makes it kind of easy after that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's something that's like really kind of shattering and at least um like i remember being in boot camp and you know they're showing us pictures and shit from 9-11 and stuff and one of the guy the instructor at the front asked like how many of you joined because of this and like probably two-thirds of the people there raised their hands so like i i think like you start going down that rabbit hole that kind of like starts unwinding things like oh what's what's really going on you know yeah yeah, absolutely, man. And and that's, uh, that is an honorable thing. You know, you're, I don't know how old you guys are. I'm 26. So I was like four years old when that happened. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I don't even remember it. But just growing up as a young American kid, where everybody in my family, every man in my family, pretty much every man served in the military. And you see some foreigners, uh, fly some planes into a couple of your buildings and you want to fight back that's an honorable thing you should you should want to defend your people and yeah it's it's uh it's it's pretty frustrating because one thing I'll, i'll mention is um you know you you need to you need to have a fighting spirit among the youth of the male population 
in a society. And unfortunately, the only uh, profession where you can have that satisfied is in the U.S. military. And uh, at this point, there's, like, I, I, don't know, I, I just can't openly support what the U.S. government is doing at this point, the federal yeah. government with wars and stuff like that. Absolutely. It's horrible. Like uh, we, we've talked about it quite a bit where, you know, growing up, Typo's family too, He's a he comes from a military family. And I don't so much come from a military family, but I had people in my family previously or people that married into my family that ended up being in the military and kind of my the male role, role models growing up um that i ended up having were in the military and it was just kind of like you know it it's glorified in a way in some aspects and maybe that's not the best thing to do but at the same time that that like you said that youthful warrior spirit or whatever you want to call it you kind of need that like whether in in the male population like you need that that being willing to die for what you believe in and at one point that was the country and that's probably why all three of us joined at the time when we joined and it's i i they had a super bowl commercial um this year and it was about uh the flag or something like that and it was right before the super bowl started and i texted my mom instantly and i was like hey did you see that super bowl commercial um about the flag and this that or the other and i think it was i think it was like by uh I think it was a Fox News commercial or it was some some Christian conservative commercial and it got a big airtime play. It was like a minute and a half right before the Super Bowl. And I texted her. And I was like, did you see that? And she was like, yeah. She's like, what do you think about it? And I was like, I wish I still believed in that shit because it kind of gets you For like, real. like, yeah. you, you know, I, I was like, I wish. And it was all about the flag and like what it was meant for. It was kind of like, do you remember that, that Super Bowl commercial uh, a few years back where it was the guy? um it was a police officer and he was defending the riots yeah. and he just like, they're like, they're like throwing shit at him and they're like police officers and they're throwing shit at him and they're calling them all these names. And they were like protecting something that everybody was like, yeah, that's something that you should protect as a police officer. Like nobody really had a problem with that. And they all got their riot gear on and their shields and somebody throws it at him. And then they're like, uh, are you ready to serve or something like that? And he smiles real big and flips down his, shield hood and they start going at it and i was like it makes you feel like god dude like that's what i wanted when i joined the military like i was defending something that was meant to be defended and deserved to be defended and now there's just none of that like i don't i don't feel that i got in a conversation about it today with some people that i knew and i was like there's i just there's just nothing left unless there's a fight at my doorstep like or on my soil somewhere in the united states like i just don't have the the want anymore and that kind of sucks it does suck it absolutely sucks yeah because it feels uh especially after high school you know you're you're stuck here you are you're you're uh you're a male with functioning testosterone levels by the time you're 18 years old you've gone through 13 years of bullshit school and you want to get the hell out of there you're gonna do insane yeah. you're just sitting there all day listening to this teacher and and it's just god you know i want to go shoot a gun and like yeah. run out the mountain and um yeah it, it is a bummer that that there is not like an honorable uh cause that the federal government has gotten us in uh with wars but uh i mean i i will say so i used to be a super hardcore ancap when typo was on my podcast i was pretty hardcore ancap but uh i think the only spot left of that that you could have the the taste of that is being a cop 
And I think hating yeah. cops is also part of the psyop. Yeah, okay, they, you know, some cops are are bad and all that, but like majority of cops, dude, you, you need to have somebody walking around carrying a gun and maintaining some kind of social order. And it's a very, yeah. very, very small fraction of the population that is actually willing to do that and run towards danger while everybody else is running away very small percentage of the population that can actually do that so yeah yeah i, I think i, I think you i, I think you saw that yeah i think you saw that in you know what happened in nashville this week you know there i think that yeah. was i think that was one of the times that you know a lot of and caps even were like those cops did what they were supposed to do i think a lot of problems that especially people like me and typo and people in our group that that like super hardcore and cap group think the problem with cops is that's not normally what happens normally what happens is uvaldi or um you know some of those those more extreme cases and those are extreme cases like i'm not saying that they aren't but it's just one of those things where it's you know that you you can point to two different situations that are very similar in in aspect and there was two very different reactions from the police force that was um engaged in that conflict and there was one action that i think majority of us are like that's what we expect from the people that are sworn to protect and serve us when they have no actual duty to protect us at all and then the other side is the Uvalde where they they didn't and they were either too put up in political bs or scared shitless because they didn't know never knew what to do in that situation or what what have you i don't even know what their real excuse is and i think that's where people start seeing like the disconnect and it's difficult to wade those waters without bearing the emotion of the situation that they are yeah i also think like because i've lived in uh, a small like i'm back in my small town like my town has five thousand people in it it's a very small community and I've also lived in the fifth largest city in America, like Phoenix, Arizona. And, you know, like how the cops treat you is vastly different from yes, Phoenix, Arizona than my small town. Like Phoenix, like major cities. I mean, I, I don't know exactly in other major cities, but Phoenix, like they are not your friend. They are very aggressive. They treat you very differently. We're here in my small town. Like I went to school with some of these guys. Like we literally played football together. <laughs> like, like, so I know who their family, I know who their mom and dad are. Like, so these people, like, they treat you, they just treat you differently. Like that, it's it's more like a like I know you type treatment. Like I'm, you know, I'm just here to do my job type thing. Like, and it's never, I don't know, I've never had a bad encounter. Even if I might have done something wrong, the encounter with the police is not negative at all. At least in my experience in my town and but in phoenix arizona i mean i had an expired plate dude they're like going through my fucking car they're fucking taking my gun away taking apart like, his gun yeah really dude. they they took your gun away from you because you had an expired plate yes but did yep. they get yes. it back after they searched they gave car? it back yeah yeah they oh, gave okay it back. okay then that's somewhat understandable because there are crazy people out there who are gonna pull out a gun and try and shoot them like yeah but yeah like, i i can understand the frustration it, there yeah, it was very it was just a very weird encounter because uh something like that wouldn't happen in my small town. Like they, you know, if I don't even know if the cop would ask if I have a weapon in the car around here, like it might just be a given, you know? And uh but it should it, be a but, given. 
yeah yeah yes sir <laughs> but so like i don't know like i kind i even have cops in my family they're close friends and so like you know i grew up with like oh you know they're not, they're not that bad you know and i go to phoenix and i was like holy shit dude no wonder people hate you guys <laughs> like it's so crazy how vastly different like you get treated in a major city compared to a small town and i think it's just the community type thing like close close net families and stuff but i i don't disagree that like and like so you know like we had an election recently in our art like the, for the sheriff and the sheriff is like this red-pilled dude like don't get me wrong he still has like this uh maybe a little bit of like boomer con mentality but he he's like we're not doing vaccines like we're not enforcing these gun laws and i was like you know i really appreciate that this fucking small town uh police officers like our sheriff and he's like passing law like they just passed the gun ban here in or assault weapons ban here in illinois and 90 percent of the counties said fuck you and it's nice to have like sheriffs and positions like that that will bypass like laws and shit it's really cool dude i love that that's that's so good to hear man it's um see that's the thing it's the libertarian perspective is so black and white it's like all police are bad because their uh salary is funded through taxation which is theft and that's immoral and therefore all cops are immoral it's like okay let's take a step back even if that's true right there are still going to be cops that exist and you need to have competent human beings in that job. And uh, yeah, I love hearing that. We, we need to have people who actually have a conscience and care about the oath to the constitution that they, that they swore to for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, if we're good, if the position's going to exist, I'd rather it be filled with people that think a lot like more along my lines, or at least take the constitution seriously than someone like, that wants to take my guns or enforce lockdowns and the mass mandates like we saw in 2020 where they were, you know, riots were breaking out, but they'll fucking show up to escort a family from churches and uh, a restaurant for not wearing a mask or some shit like that. So like what and that and that kind of painted the picture during 2020, like, you know what? And don't get me wrong, like there was a lot of cops that went along with all this shit. But there was like these like little communities and different sections of like the pockets of the United States where it's like, damn, dude, there's actually quite a few people standing up and being like, yeah, we're not doing this. Like, yeah, no. And I think that take that as you will. It's not to say that the position's good or bad. I don't really want that position to be there either. But in reality, it is there. So like maybe find somewhere where, you know, the, those kind of cultural beliefs is more reflected in, in your well, values. And we and we act like the the libertarian position, like let's say there you find your your no your not utopia, but your piece of land and you secede from the federal government. Are we acting like we wouldn't want somebody to be like in charge of the like even privately, we wouldn't act like we wouldn't want somebody to be in charge of the privately held business that polices the streets that we now are required or we are taking up upon the responsibility of keeping them safe for the people that also live in the area that we have taken over or what, however you want to word it. Like it's, it's just kind of a weird thing. You know, this was like my big problem that people had with Shane Hazel, like him running in Georgia at like a major election and 
um you know they were like well he's a fucking fed now like he's a fed and we can't well, he's not a he's not a real libertarian and it's like this is like really stupid talk and it's it's like i can sit here and debate libertarian theory and like you said go through it base by base taxation is immoral and they are funded by immoral money that they have stolen from other people and that's wrong so that makes the whole institution of itself wrong and it's like yeah i know that I completely understand that. But guess what? I don't have a whole lot of power in stopping that currently. So the next best best thing is to put people in those places that will benefit my society or the way that I want it to be while we work on the fucking morality of the state and how they get their yeah. fucking money. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, I just... 100%, man. Yeah, 100%. Shane Hazel is totally not a fan. That guy is one of the most based individuals Dude. I've ever met in my entire yeah. life. He's <laughs> fucking badass. He's a yeah. great person. Yeah, and he's a good man. And uh, yeah, yeah, I got to meet him while I was down in Atlanta and he was fucking awesome. Like he's a great guy. And it, it's just crazy to me that we have such a disconnect sometimes in the libertarian sphere where it's just like, what are we really doing here? Like we... We understand that we can't operate in theory all, all the time. Like we we can base our judgments off of theory and try to work towards what the theory is um, as much as possible. But we still have to operate in the reality that we are not the majority. We don't have all this power that they've accumulated for the last 250 plus years. And we're just trying to bring some of that power back. To the people and it's not just to us as libertarians it's to individuals all across the nation and so and the best way to do that obviously in my opinion is you know local elections things like yeah, that that's the 100%. best way to do it yeah yeah those are those are in my opinion the only elections that actually matter because presidential yeah. elections yeah. all that stuff is in my opinion totally handpicked <laughs> yeah. but uh, oh, yeah. yeah your it's local it, sheriff yeah. and city council and stuff like that that is actually very important and it sucks too because libertarians get sucked into this idea like extreme libertarians like i used to be of, i'm never going to vote because voting is condoning your slavery and and all this yeah. shit it's like dude you need we, to we went to that phase try <laughs> huh we went to the same phase for a while. Yeah. We were like, "Fuck everything, fuck." I mean, we were we were fucking angry right out of the Marine right. Corps. We were just angry, yeah. dude. Angry we we're like, "Burn this shit to the ground, fuck everything." Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, dude, I had I had a debate. I had a debate with my friend uh, Jarvis, uh, who was uh, was also a recon marine, and I was yeah, I was super. Yeah, same kind of vibe, like just going down the taxation is theft and, and all this stuff. And I was looking back on the debate uh, yesterday, actually. This is from, I think, a year and a half, maybe two years ago, somewhere around then. But uh, yeah, I was just thinking to myself, like, what an asshole I was. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's like, and you're, you're like so pent up. So, and maybe this is like the Marine, the Marine in us, you know, you're so pent up with that anger and you want to do something about it so you're like fuck them and fuck everything they've taken from you and we'll fucking get it back one way or the other and i don't care how that fucking way is and i don't care who gets hurt on the way there like there's just like that mentality you get so you're just like like intense about it all the time and i still find myself slipping into it especially when like people started slipping into like talking about how great trump was or you know what this person does really well and i'm like these people don't these people fucking hate you like they don't give a shit about you you are the gum under the shoes and it but it's like i i look 
back and I'm like, where did that get me when I told that person that? Because they don't give a fuck. They're still going to go vote for Trump. They're still not going to vote for their local election. They're going to go vote for Trump the next election. And he's and maybe he lose, maybe he wins, you know, whatever. And they're still going to print, you know, $17 billion, $17 trillion worth of money in the next four years. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what does that, what did that do for me? I didn't help that person out. I just gave them a reason to hate what I talk about all the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to, we're not going to, we're really not going to win any, anybody over by trying to debate them constantly. And yeah, just doing yeah. real world. Hearts things. and minds, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, hearts and minds doesn't work out that well as we were. Doing. Yeah. So, so you were a, a recon Marine. You were a, a super sneaky squirrel. Um, did you get that job uh, signed up like contract recon? Yeah, I took the chance. So, I mean, as, as you guys probably know, if you if you do a contract recon and you don't make it, then they the, the Marine Corps basically then you become me. You. What's up? I wasn't I wasn't a contract recon, but then you just become a radio operator like I was. Well, you're yeah, if you're lucky, you become a radio operator. But dude, I mean, <laughs> That's I, true. If, if you're it, realistically, they'll they'll put you in the worst job ever, like being a cook or something like that. Dude, they so, did yeah. that to a lot of. It, I was in Intel, and like five or six, I don't remember, five or six kids failed the course, and like half of them went to being cooks. I was like, dude, that fucking sucks. That really sucks. <laughs> yeah, it really sucks. You should at least put them in the infantry or something like that. I mean, if they weren't complete. Yeah. Complete pussies. <laughs> like, yeah. well, and they obviously were people signed up to be yeah. recon. Like, yeah, and yeah. well, and especially with the Intel guys, they were obviously smart enough to be Intel. They just didn't do well in the school or what have you. Like, you really just gonna put them as a cook? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. nobody wants They're to be right. a cook, so you gotta you gotta yeah. fill the position. That's true. That's yep. true. That's true. So, how long how long were you in? Four years and got out. I was in for three years active duty and I got out, okay. uh, I got out early because I got out as a nice. conscientious objector, actually. Fuck wow. yeah. Look at you. How was that? All right. Yeah. So I've, I've actually never met one of you. Yeah. Um, here I am. How did that go? I'm not a skinny little military. bitch like that one movie they had. <laughs> what yeah. was that one movie with that one guy that's like, oh, I don't want to kill anybody. I forgot the name of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, yes. That's what it yes. is. Yeah. Um, and he was like the first. Skinny little bitch if you don't want to go fight their bullshit bullshit wars. wars yeah yeah exactly how did that go though what was that process like uh oh, man uh was not fun honestly it was not no fun i bet yeah um yeah i i had a lot of really good friends um and you go through a lot of uh difficult times together in brc and uh and in the fleet and uh you know, you guys know you make really good friends. Um, but it just got to a point where as much as I I did really love my job, I enjoy shooting a gun and I'm, you know, jumping out of planes is fun and suffering is fun, right? Like you got a yeah. bunch of other friends and you suffer together and you have this mutual experience and you push yourself and uh it sucks, but that suck is a lot of fun, as you guys know. So but man, it just got to a point where, so I, I learned about 9-11 and then I read uh, the book War is a Ratchet by Smedley Butler, which totally yeah. flipped a 180 yeah. for me because as you know, you go on boot camp and they teach you Smedley Butler. He's one of the most badass men in the Marine yeah. Corps. He won two medals of honor. Uh, yep. 
teach you about how how hardcore this dude is and then they conveniently leave the part out where he gets out of the marine corps and also got super jaded and went around speaking all over america and wrote an anti-war book so it's like what the fuck why was like how does that work yeah at least don't teach me about this guy like you're really gonna teach everybody about this man and then leave that part out like come on now choose somebody else in that case at least but um yeah. So, so yeah, to answer your question, how, how was that, uh, experience? I, I just went to my commanding officer and told him, uh, you know, this is where I stand and it's a bunch of paperwork. It was a 10 month process. It uh, really sucked because obviously that is a morale breaker. I haven't heard of any other recon Marine ever that's become a conscientious objector. Like I, I, I think yeah. I may be the first one. I don't think I've ever heard of a recon Marine that's become wow. a conscientious objector i'm not saying i was the first one but i have never heard of one that has been one so yeah yeah i don't really know a lot of like i said you're the first person i've met that i actually got out saying that they were a conscientious objector um the only other people that i've ever heard mention it they usually got they were either saying it to get out like just get out they weren't like actually about it and so they ended up getting adcept because they weren't actually conscientious objectors Mm -hmm. and then um the other ones that i have heard of are way too big for me to talk to on a personal level so (laughs) yeah yeah i get that yeah no mine mine was uh i got a legit approval uh i still got out with an honorable discharge so it wasn't like an adcept or anything uh that's good other than honorable any anything uh, weird like that it wasn't like a general discharge so yeah got the yeah. honorable but uh honestly man it would have been a lot easier for me to just <clears throat> stay in and, and get out yeah stay in and then get out because that entire process was like i said it was a big morale breaker it was like whoa what what is going on here with uh yeah with andy um and yeah you know of course I had some guys like I got called the traitor by some people and all, yep. this, all this shit. But like the guys that actually knew me and went through basic reconnaissance course with me and stuff like that, they know I'm, I actually meant what I said. And I, I just did not, did not support uh, the foreign wars that the, uh, that, that the U S military has been in. Um, so, and dude, I, I, right now I, I would be more than happy to fight and die for, people in america like as you guys would too for sure if somebody yeah. invaded america i would pick up a gun and fight to the best of my ability and defend people in our yeah. nation because as much as america uh is basically collapsing right now it is still in my opinion the most freedom-loving country on earth and i've lived out i've lived outside of the country for three years now and man i'm telling you there is there there is something really special about u.s culture and we really need to keep that in mind yeah and no i agree uh, um you know i feel like there's some times where i get into the mode where i'm like man i just don't really feel like people have it anymore you know like i just i just really don't feel like they're like they get it anymore and it it, it kind of gives you that like that black pill feeling where it's just like, what's the point, but shit doing this podcast and, you know, the people that I've met on social media and the people that I've met in real life because of this podcast and things like that, you see it every day. There's still people that are like all about it. They believe in the things that we believe in and they they're not on some big platform screaming it, but they're, you know, at their house with their friends and family and, 
they still believe in it. And it's like, if they can still believe in it and they're not even doing it on the level that we try to do it, you know, bringing in and talking to all these different people, then it's like, why can't I, if I, it's definitely the best place to live. It's the only place that I want to live currently. That's for sure. And the only way I would not live here anymore. And I had this conversation today too, was if they ever tried to recall me back into the military, then I'd be right out the fucking door <laughs> of this country because I'm not doing shit for them. Yeah. And I don't know how well my uh, conscientious objector um, would work if we're getting uh, recall letters. So, you know, I think <laughs> yeah, they'd rather I, just I throw me in the brig that at that point. Now. There are so many GM yeah. veterans. Honestly, man, like I would say 90% of veterans are exactly on the same page as us. Like they believed in yeah. what they were doing at the time and they got out and realized that we were lied to. And like, it's, it's such a very small fraction of veterans that are still like, oh yeah, we did the right thing in the Middle East and we should have been there and all this stuff. Like a lot of people feel like they've been lied to. Yeah. And most of them, you know, aren't veterans. They're still active duty. Those are the ones that, stayed in you know all right like that's how i see it most of them are the ones that stayed in there's not a the guys that don't do their the guys that do longer than their four-year contract they they have some semblance of like you know maybe i don't agree with everything but i believe in enough that i can still do this every day i can wake up and put my boots on and still go out there and do what they ask me to do you know mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i think I it's know. like it's just a weird yeah i think it's like a mix of like uh they still believe in it and also like it's i mean like most of them at least from my experience most of the marine corps is like a jobs program like most people aren't deploying they're not going to the middle east like they're kind of just do training once a year hang out back at in america generally or some foreign or base in a foreign country that's a close ally so there's no threat to them at all and so it's 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 relatively easy. Like as long as you just pretend to sip the Kool Aid, like you can make a deep, like a relatively good career out of being in the military. So, yeah, yeah, you can for sure. You can. It's gotten, uh, it, yeah, it's unbelievably soft today, though, especially and 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 that's <laughs> uh, the Marine Corps is for sure the least soft branch. I don't know how much interaction you guys had with like the army or the navy, but holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was dude. Oh yeah, man. dude. I mean, airborne like army airborne was uh, uh my god, it was just the most pathetic experience uh I think I think I've witnessed in the military. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We so in uh in Okinawa we had um uh what was that base? White Beach? Is that White Beach? Was that the army base? I don't, rem I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I think you might there be was, right. There I don't was remember. A, there was an army base uh that wasn't too far from us and a lot of them were the SF guys and some of the airborne guys in Japan. Mm -hmm. And we'd go to, we knew a couple of them because they knew friends of friends from when they grew up and ended up being out there. And so we there was SF so we go down to the base all the time and it's all it's a complete army base and it was just wildly different uh the type of people that were there and the type of people that were on camp pants in okinawa in the marine corps like it's just like you guys are supposed to be sf like what the fuck and you know a lot of them are the that like that like playboy like military that hollywood military guy like that's they looked like that mm -hmm. but then you ask them about some of the things that they do or 
their training or things. And most of them are just, they just live in the gym and it's like, well, what's the longest you've, you know, rucked? Like how long have you, how long can you go? And it's like, oh, we've done, you know, a, a 5k or we do 8ks or things like that. And I was like, bro, we do like some, some crazy fucking hikes in the Marine Corps, just as a boot, like, just like, not even as like a, uh, it being in recon or in our special forces or anything like that, just as a boot in boot camp. I think one of our, or uh, what's it MCT? We do a fucking, we do a 13 and a 26. Don't we? I think it, it's something crazy like that. And it's like, you guys are doing yeah. 10 K's. Maybe you're over here being a total Marine. Talk about how the average oh, yeah. infantry man is the same as the army ranger. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> but, no, I, I don't know about the SF comes, guys. I mean, it, I, yeah, yeah. It ahead. comes full circle. Yeah, and I hear you. Well, I mean, I, I can just tell you in, in Army Airborne, because they'll send like, it, it, they'll send pe people to Army Airborne where it makes absolutely no sense at all. They'll send like a five foot two short woman to army airborne <laughs> why so why wild. are you here you know and then, <laughs> dude it's i don't know yeah the are the army is just incredibly soft um just tons of women women complaining women should not be in the military i don't even care if that's offensive <laughs> like they're, they're and actually I, dude frankly if, if you're any society willing to send their women to war that that's a horrible like why would you send the you know the delicate fragile human beings in your society to go to war like you should be protecting them you should be caring for them they they're the ones who create more people in your society it's just a horrible horrible idea yeah there's a but, uh, there's a reason why culturally like the men always did the fight it's because we're expendable dude like we're yeah, like we get, out, get yeah. out of here like you and we want to do more... it yeah and we want to yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> we think it's honorable yeah, <laughs> we're exactly. stupid but we we'll go do it yeah, you when, when were you guys in? And then they'll go do it. Uh, so I, I was in 2012 to 2016, and Typo was you were 2012 to 2017. Yeah, it was a five year contract. Okay, 2017. All right, so I was 2015, 2018. So you guys were in a little bit before me. Were, were were you in? I forgot the exact year they started experimenting with with women in certain infantry. Battalions. So that had just that started. I got I got to. I got to 311. So I was in a engineer support battalion before in Okinawa. That's where Typo and I met in Okinawa. And then I got sent to 311, 29 Palms. Mm -hmm. um, so an artillery battalion and already didn't have any females uh, nice. when I first got there. But within the first year that I was there, well, my last year in the Marine Corps and my first year there, um, they had slowly started to bring in um females being uh gun bunnies so like actually on the on the artillery line and it wasn't working out too great no uh, <laughs> they had a lot I of can't problems imagine it working out. <laughs> they, had a, they had a lot of problems with that um well and just like the physicality of it like you're not like those shells are fucking big dude <laughs> like <laughs> yeah yeah dude that's it's like, hard it's hard for yeah. a lot of men to do Job. Yeah, yeah like we had six eight motherfuck corn-fed motherfuckers like loading those fucking shells like and then you bring in a you know even if you brought in a typically what you would say a bigger woman like a five foot nine to five foot eleven you know 145 to 165 pounds like it's still not like the shell is still half her weight like they're 80 <laughs> to 150 pound shells like 
I'm laughing right now because I'm five foot seven, one fifty-five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, well, you know, I I get it, but like at the same time, you on an already line, like it would have been like I'm six foot, I'm two hundred pounds now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Marine Corps, I was about one eighty. You know, just because we run so much, I was I floated between one seventy and one eighty, and yeah. even I looked really skinny then. Mm-hmm. Like I I filled out a lot more after the uh, military and um. And I've gotten older too, you know, so it's like you, you just fill out your body's more, you're more comfortable and things like that. But I was super fucking skinny and I was in great shape and I could lift the shells, but thankfully I was a radio operator. So I was, I was rucking up with the FCC, you know, I was with the, uh, the Florida observers, uh, being their radio op- operator with the JTACs and nice. all those guys. And, uh, but fuck dude, those shells like doing a whole day of shell work on a fucking arty line that's intense. Like that's a lot of body work for anybody. Yeah. But especially, you know, somebody that's not doing that or hasn't been doing that kind of body work their entire life. Like it just didn't make sense. No, not at all. And then when you get in the political thing, like she's okay. The reality is uh, there will be sexual misconduct if a woman is. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So there, so there's that political issue. And then, and then there's the issue of like, okay, well, how do we deal with the bathroom stuff? Are we, are we gonna that even oh, that? Yeah. That reminds me of a story. So when because I was at so I went from engineer support battalion, then I went to first tank battalion, twenty nine palms, and I was well weirdly enough, my barracks was right next to Luke's. Like we both like went together <laughs> nice. to twenty nine palms, but we uh, was holding each other's so hands. Much, yeah, yeah, but um. <laughs> But they started implementing uh, chicks into the tank battalion. Now, they didn't let them actually be tankers, but they were letting them be like the the Pogue or uh, uh, like headquarters and stuff like that. So there was like – and they end up bringing in like this woman uh, officer for as the combo. And <laughs> it was just so funny because like the guys like never like had to do any sort of training out in the field with girls before. So they're like, what is she – go to the bathroom <laughs> where did she go to the bathroom dude she walked a long way away like really far from us like honestly it's i mean i don't know it might be kind of dangerous for her to go off that far because it's like yeah. a desert what if we right. just leave you know <laughs> she gets lost and yeah she's a lieutenant she she was, i think she was a lieutenant so like that's possible <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, not even because she's a woman, it's because she's a lieutenant. That's right. <laughs> it's a horrible combination, lieutenant with a compass. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. It was it was weird for us because at 9th ESB being in a, an engineer support battalion, there was there was women oh, everywhere. And uh yeah, like our um like in the in the comm shop, there was women. Um we had one girl that she went up to uh camp schwab she was like this crazy hillbilly lady she was like Mm -hmm. a crazy hillbilly she went up to camp schwab which is where all the grunt battalions are stationed in uh okinawa and they had like a camp schwab did like a a beach party thing she snuck up to camp schwab so got off base like we had like a whole red card yellow card fucking green card system that we had um so you weren't allowed to leave at certain times she snuck up to camp schwab Met a, uh, I think it was a recon guy, to be honest. Met a recon guy. <laughs> um, fucked them. Came back. And then a few weeks later found out she was pregnant, but didn't know oh. his name. 
Oh man, she, wait, she didn't know his name. Didn't know his name. Wow. <laughs> they got caught. They got caught that night being off base because they both got two. There was two of them that went up there. One of them fucked this recon guy. But they got caught going off the base and trying to come back on base, drunk as shit after our curfew time. And then a few weeks later, found out she was pregnant, um, continued to dip and smoke the entire time. Um, didn't know the guy's name. Wow. Was stationed in Okinawa, Japan, so had no support base because all of us were like, you can go fuck yourself. Like There was a guy in our unit that was um, printing out cleft lips because he found out like babies with cleft lips because he found out that it was a uh, it was really big for um, women that continue to use tobacco or nicotine mm -hmm. that cleft lips happen more often. And he would slide them under her <laughs> barracks door. Wow. he would print them out and slide them <laughs> under her barracks door so like nobody and nobody liked her in the uh, first place she wasn't a very good marine uh -huh. um she was kind of a shitty human being in general right she <laughs> doesn't sound like a winner to be honest yeah no she, she wasn't and I like i'm not my saying that like her no and i'm not <laughs> i'm not saying that like we were the best people in the fucking world but, <laughs> no but she sucked especially yeah but she fucking <laughs> sucked dude yeah and so it was so like that's what we dealt with when we came to this unit and then we went to a unit and it was like majority males, except we had some uh, females in like admin positions in our offices and stuff like that. And they were the worst. Like nobody liked them. They were always like, to be honest, giant cunts. Like everybody hated them. And like, we were just like, what the fuck? Like I can't. And thank yeah. God I was with FSCC um, because it was all, it was all males. Um, but it just didn't it, like the, the co the cohabitant, like living styles, you know, in the barracks and things like that. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like it, it just, it just really didn't. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's not something that's supposed to happen for sure. And it's so annoying no. that bureaucrats in DC are the only reason that's happening. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm hoping they bring out, you know, selective service for women because I think they're going to be fucking pissed <laughs> and it's, it just be like, well, we fucking told y'all like, and then we can hopefully one day we can get it, get every, all that away. But I don't know. I think it's, I think it's coming and there's nothing we can do to stop it at this point thought, in time, except they already uh, at a local it? level. Or no, hey guys, give me, give me one sec. Uh, I have to check on uh, my pregnant wife real quick. Give me one minute. Okay. No, you're good. Yeah, you're good. No problem, dude. Let's take a break for our sponsor. And our sponsor is once again, David Day. David offers a legal protection membership. It gives you access to attorneys 24-7 for as little as a dollar a day. When you're pulled over, don't talk to the police. Shut the fuck up and call your attorney. When a company screws you over, don't try and call or fight your way out of it. Have your attorney write them a letter. Take action to be the man of your house and protect your family from the worst aspects of the state. Visit David's website daviddday.com backslash bullet so he knows that we sent you there his website is daviddday.com backslash bullet that's d-a-v-i-d-d-d-a-y.com backslash bullet thank you david for sponsoring the show again let's get back to it yeah dude i just i i fucking remember those two, when I first got to 9th ESB, yeah. they were the worst yeah. examples of what Marine yeah, I, women should be. There was one, there was only one that I was like, or there was two girls in the military 
that I was like, those two belong in the military, you know, like they were good. Yeah. Um, and they were, one wasn't, I, I think they were both engineers and those two women were the only women that were good in the military that I knew they were crazy in shape. They fucking could do just about anything, if not more than most of the fucking fat piece of shit guys did. But the two in the fucking comm shop, they were the worst examples of women in the military yeah. possible. And yeah. they got every, they got every excuse in the book um, and continued to bring, I think, I think the one that got pregnant and didn't know who the, the father was that one, I think she, she stayed in because she couldn't do oh anything else God. in life. She stayed in the military. And she got EAS back. She got EA or PCS back early from the Marine Corps. She got PCS back early. So she didn't oh, have to stay Okinawa. in Okinawa for as long as us. Yeah. So she got all these fucking perks just because she got pregnant. And we're like, that's, that's one of the biggest reasons that a lot of us bring it up. It's like, well, you get peg pregnant and you're combat ineffective for fucking a whole nine months. And then on top of that, pro basically a year. And it's like, this is ridiculous. This is, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. It fucks yeah, up the I whole hated, unit. I don't know. It's I hated, crazy. I hated seeing those like fucking pregnant blouses, you know, like the fucking. Oh yeah. Gammies. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. Like, I was like, dude, this is what our military looks like, dude. They're like pregnant women walking around like yeah. that. So why don't they put that on the poster? Yeah, because no one would fucking join. <laughs> like well, they they put the two well, moms on 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 the commercial. I'm sure you guys see saw that army oh, commercial yeah, yeah, with yeah, that yeah. woke <laughs> chick saying talking about her two lesbian moms and yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. I think we did a whole episode on the FBI and CIA when they started coming out with those commercials and like they were coming out with like the I'm pansexual and I serve in the <laughs> FBI or some shit like that and we were just like. Yo, this is the weirdest timeline ever. Like, I don't know what to do here. No one gives a fuck. We all bleed green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speechless. So we got him speechless. <laughs> so, so you got know. out in 2018, you said, right? Yep, July 27, 2018. Yeah. It's one of the and best days of my life. When, yeah. when you Except got out... Right. Did you go back home or did you go somewhere else? Yeah, so uh, I'm from Los Angeles and I got stationed okay. in Camp Pendleton. I got hooked up actually. Oh, nice. I got oh, very hooked bad. up. Yeah, I was yeah. supposed to go to Camp Lejeune originally. Oh. <laughs> I got orders <laughs> to Camp Fuck. Lejeune. Yeah. Wow. And uh, okay, so yeah, basically, basically what happened. So in BRC, uh, I found out afterward that I had a, a broken foot it wasn't like you know broken in half but it was it was fractured and it wasn't a stress fracture like everybody talks about okay it was yeah big fucking difference between a fracture and a stress fracture uh yeah <laughs> as i'm sure you guys know everybody says they have stress fractures but yeah so my, my foot was fractured in three places and oh. i graduated brc which is you know super super moto um and uh yeah so god orders to camp lejeune and brc as you know is uh is on camp pendleton mm -hmm. and yep. the commanding officer of uh basic reconnaissance uh or what was it called basically uh recon training yeah rtc recon training company the ceo of rtc just pulled me in his office and talked to me about life he was a super cool dude there are a lot of cool guys in recon man that's it's a lot that's of cool thing. guys yeah a lot of really a lot of really good people um and they're not all retarded too like they uh you know yeah 
And yeah, so he just talked to me about life, asked where I was from. And he's like, oh, you're from Los Angeles. Huh, okay. Give me, give me, give me a few minutes. And he walks outside and he calls the uh, battalion commander of first reconnaissance division and uh, or first reconnaissance battalion in Camp Pendleton. And within a five minute phone call, he got me stationed in Camp Pendleton. Wow. Oh, damn. Yeah. yeah That's awesome. Straight up hooked me dude. up. Yeah. So, ah, uh, yeah, man, it's, that's the thing, man. It sucks. Like there are a lot of really good people in, and, and, uh, I, I would be lying if I, if I said that I didn't miss it. So I totally forget the original question. I'm sorry. Got sidetracked. <laughs> oh, oh, he just, he you... just asked if you got, yeah. if, did you go, when you got out, did you go back to LA then? Oh yeah. Yeah. I went back to LA. I went back to LA and, uh, I actually started selling, selling gold uh after after the bit <laughs> excuse me no really? i'm sorry hang on i went to arizona first i totally forgot about that big chapter of my life i went to la <laughs> after <laughs> it's uh geez five years ago now so yeah man i um i had been training mma uh a lot on the last okay. year of me getting out that was yeah, basically my way to guy yeah yeah man i, I love jujitsu love mma but uh that that 10 month period of me getting out of the marine corps and and basically you know being ostracized was uh that yeah. sucks a lot so every day after after quote work i would uh drive just a half hour off base there was a uh jujitsu gym slash mma gym uh 10 planet oceanside and it was right outside of base so super convenient and i would go there yeah. and i would just train for like three hours a day four hours a day just you know, let it all out. And I, I had a couple MMA fights while I was in the Marine Corps. I didn't tell oh, him much, man. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. So then after that, um, I really wanted to pursue the MMA thing and see how far I could take it. And I moved to Arizona. I found this really good MMA gym where I don't know if you know Ben Henderson. But, yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. Ben Henderson. Yeah, I'm a, so, I love MMA. It's fucking awesome. Nice. Yeah. And Arizona is huge for it right now. It is huge. Arizona and SoCal are huge uh, MMA hubs. Yeah. So yeah, moved out there uh, over in Phoenix, and um, you know, train train for a bit there. And my, my what I was thinking is I would I would just take this as far as I possibly could and try and join the UFC. And but dude, at a certain point, I was just thinking, um, you know, this isn't very good for my brain. <laughs> and and, <Yeah. laughs> and I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, not to toot my own horn or anything like that, but like when I want to make something happen, I I I go full autistic retard mode and I try and make it happen. Mm -hmm. I I think I probably could have pushed it pretty far, but uh, just getting hit in the head constantly, it's just not it's not ideal. And uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just took a step back. Um and said okay well maybe i should have some peace in my life because you know military thing and then the mma thing and it's like all right i'll just just try and take it easy for a while so uh <laughs> yeah moved back to la and uh started selling gold uh and then moved on and then started working for some big corporation selling commercial internet which was super super boring <laughs> <laughs> yeah you went from like adrenaline junkie to like whoa, whoa. now i'm uh going to sleep every day yeah yeah which i mean it's i kind of miss the the adrenaline junkie thing man you know like even being yeah, a cop right now is enticing to be honest 
Oh. <laughs> Not for me. I'm like, nah, I'm going to stay away from that shit. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, Life is just so boring. Like, it's, we're not, <laughs> I don't know what you guys do for a living. I love what I do for a living, actually. But, uh, yeah, well, I was going to say, did the, uh, did the gold thing, is that what brought you to Bitcoin or was Bitcoin a totally different realization in your life? I got in Bitcoin uh, in 2017. While I was still in the okay. Marine Corps, actually. Yeah. And like 25%, because that was during the bull run. So everybody was buying it. And I would say 25% of my platoon uh, owned Bitcoin at the time, which is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And one guy made, made an absolute shit ton of money off of it, too. I don't know if he's still hodling or what, but like he, he's he really made made well. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Which is really ironic, right? Like guys in the military buying bitcoin it's pretty funny i know <laughs> yeah it wasn't i don't it even does. think it was on our at least it wasn't on my radar i knew maybe about I it i talked it. about yeah, it maybe but i didn't I know heard about it about it but i didn't know like anything i didn't know what it was or anything like that i think i was pretty blind until like i don't even know 2018 i think maybe 2019 even. how did you guys first like get involved as in buying it like what what prompted you to actually go okay i'm i'm gonna put some money in um okay COVID. so <laughs> <laughs> uh well I, actually yeah i think covid's like like so we knew about bitcoin we knew like its potential like we had we had people on our podcast to kind of explain it to us we're like holy shit dude like you're talking about like totally debasing this fiat system and we're, i'm like losing my mind but yeah i think it wasn't until like COVID happened and me and Luke are like, yeah, maybe we should start buying some, you know, just to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, I need to protect myself. But, uh, but, uh, so you live in Mexico now. So yeah. when did, when did that happen and how did that happen? COVID, like literally yeah. March of 2020. <laughs> you, <laughs> I was, yeah. Well, so I, I, you were in LA yeah. for that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in LA, wow. and and you guys remember too. They had done previous stairs of uh, the swine flu and Ebola. Yeah, and yeah, we remember yep. all yeah, that yeah. stuff. But there was just something yeah. different about COVID. Yeah, where it all started. I don't know about you guys, but I just had a gut feeling like mm, there's something else going on here. This this feels like something different. I was and, in denial <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But uh, yeah, so my my sister-in-law actually uh, moved down to Mexico like a year before COVID. And okay. I had just been been visiting some family here. And so I got a little taste of Mexico. And when I was visiting Mexico first, that was early March of 2020. So like right when the COVID <clears throat> stuff started picking up. And I'm in Mexico yeah. at the time. So I'm thinking to myself when I'm in Mexico, I'm like, you know what? Like... I'm living in a small, I don't know what the dimensions were. It was literally like a large closet, basically, for $600 a month <laughs> in Los Angeles that I was paying for. And I was making pretty good money working for a big corporation and all that, but just trying to, you know, save as much money as possible and single guy, young and all that. I was like, I can literally rent a three-bedroom, three-bathroom house in Mexico in a nice area for the same exact money that I'm making right now. And I can work yeah. online. And I don't know what the hell is going to happen with COVID right now with all these lockdowns right. and shit. I don't want to be in Los Angeles. So 
so yeah, I I, uh, I traveled back to Los Angeles after my short-term visit in Mexico with family. And I literally threw everything in my car, which was a small sedan. <laughs> and I drove <laughs> from Los Angeles all the way down to uh, San Miguel de Allende, which is where I'm at right now. It's a couple hours outside of Mexico City. And that was a hell of a, that was a hell of an experience. It was pretty, pretty yeah, interesting I bet. experience. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> any uh any crazy stories on the way there? You know, on the way there, I had I have no crazy stories. It was an absolutely beautiful uh experience. It was like a very uh dare I say spiritual, you know, experience. But it, yeah. you know, on a long drive, you put some music on, like you're you're gonna I think it's a nice thing to do. You're gonna just sit with yourself yeah. and 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 be outside of your zone and and it was really nice i have had crazy experiences driving across mexico though i've had her gun pulled on me and i've you know oh wow. it's it's dude it's not like driving cross country in the united states it, it is not there are a lot of places that are safe in mexico but it, it's not a safe country to be honest like there are safe there are <laughs> yeah. very safe places in this That's country so and you can yeah. be totally fine and live here for the rest of your life but um I would not call it a safe country. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. My, my girlfriend's family, they're all from um, like uh, Sinaloa, like Los Mochis area. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, they, they live like most of her family lives very well there. Like they have had no problems ever, but one of their cousins did get kidnapped by some people and extorted for a lot of money. So there's that too. Like, yeah. it's like, that two happens. different two different aspects of um the country but it's honestly like a beautiful country and and it's like you said there's plenty of places where you can live there and you you'll be just fine but there's certain parts of that country that you just it's not it's not what you would call a safe country and especially when you're comparing it to you know the united states and how a lot of the country is here yeah yeah and that dude the, the thing that really upsets me is you have you have People in the United States, I'm sure the sentiment where you guys are at, you seem like you're in more rural areas and, you know, but and pe people, people generally still support the Second Amendment, but it's so frustrating to see people talking about taking away the Second Amendment because Mexico has some of the strictest gun, gun laws wow. in, on earth. And bro, like, I, I'm, I'm, I can confidently say that if people here actually had the right to bear arms, you would not have the narco activity. And I don't think people understand how much of a threat the cartels are to the United, the United States. I'm not just trying to spread FUD right now. Like this, people do not understand how fucking powerful the cartels are here. It is insane. It is are insane. They pretty much they've, in they've got tanks, the government? they've got snipers, they have fucking helicopters, dude. They have drones, they got bombs. Yeah. They, they are a legitimate military like, force yeah. and they are more hardcore than... 90 percent of the u.s military yeah I believe it and they're yeah. and they're completely it. okay with dying for their boss dude mexicans are insane my wife is mexicans okay so i you know racist whatever but like dude mexicans are insane <laughs> okay the relationship that wild. they have with death is is vastly different than the relationship that americans have with death they they have a holiday every year where they just you know the day of the dead like they they acknowledge death once a year. They pray to their to their dead family members. It's it's uh it's a very interesting culture. I have a lot of respect for Mexican culture too. It's uh it's beautiful yes. culture in some ways, but uh, yeah, yeah, and it's it's so strongly there. 
Yeah, it's so strongly like um, gripped with like walking side by side with death. And it's and it's also so strongly related to like family, like family is so big in in like cult in the culture in Mexico and in, in a lot of Mexican cultures. I mean, that's why you see like every, there, there's the joke in the United States, especially in the southwestern United States, where they're like, there's, you know, six generations living in one house. And it's like, it's not because they like there's obviously some where they can't or they can't move out of their houses. But at other times it's like it's because they generally enjoy being around their family and all their family lives together. Like it's it's like or at least very close, like in a close vicinity of each other. And it's because their family bonds are just extremely strong and it's a huge part of their culture. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's something we are missing a lot in the United States. And yeah. I, I really yeah, agree. We have that. We have that with uh, U.S. culture. I think a lot of that is because of feminism, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right. You know, dude. I, I think you might be right. Yeah, for sure. We're, dude, the U.S. is so much more, more feminized than, uh, or where, excuse me, Mexico is also pretty feminized culture, but, uh, Oh, really? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Dude, mm -hmm. you think about, uh, yeah, no, the, uh, honestly, like the average rural man in America, I would say is, is a lot more manly than the average Mexican man. Wow. Just, just being straight up with you. Yeah. They, it's a very maternal culture. It's a very maternal culture. They pray to, uh, you know, Virgin Mary, you see Virgin Mary everywhere and, and don't get me wrong, like there are there are some hardcore Mexican dudes too, like ranchero type, farmer type guys. Yeah, they're yeah. they're pretty hardcore guys. And obviously the cartel, like you know, you you do have. I'm not trying to like denigrate Mexican culture or anything like that, but they don't have gun culture here. They don't have like that. That dude, this is the thing, man. This is what what I really miss about the United States is the U.S. just has this inherent warfighter culture. Yeah, that's what we're founded on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We're founded on saying, fuck you. I'm not going to do what you tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, dude I talk about the <laughs> Rage Against the Machine when it growing up. I loved that fucking band. And now they're just like complete sellouts and it fucking blows my mind because they yeah. literally have a song like, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. And now they're just like shills for what the vaccine, everything that the machine is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, that, that one really caught me off guard, too. I don't know what's up with that. It's pretty crazy. Some people just totally, totally changed. Yeah. 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 Dude, COVID changed, like, the mentality of, of a lot of fucking people. And I just don't know. And honestly, I mean, it changed my mentality. Like, right after I, I started seeing it, I was like, all right. Like, like that's why Bitcoin became huge. I was like, all right, I need to... I need to start looking long term and like, what is the economics of our society at this point in time? And then Trump goes and prints like shit tons of fucking money. And then we, you know, we have Biden running and I'm like, dude, he has a really good chance of fucking winning. And now he's won. And now he's just, just help implode the economy even more. We have, dude, if you were trying to employ the, the American, yeah, if you're trying to destroy the American economy, you would do exactly what you're doing right now. Like I, that, I don't yeah, see any like, other logical explanation yeah there's not one i mean it's what was the the joke if like um if they were trying to if the cia is trying to like fuck everybody's mind up and do whatever they're supposed to do how would they do it better than what they're doing right now and it's like they're 
they can't like even if it's even if they're doing it on accident if they were tr absolutely trying how could they do it better they're already doing it in a like a phenomenal way because everybody's well especially during covid and you know the crazy riots that were happening across the country and things like that it's like they're they're literally saying th they were literally saying things and they still are saying things one day and then acting like they never said them the next day and people were spouting it like it was complete yeah. truth mm -hmm. yeah 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 no yeah. pure gaslighting we've americans especially have just been dealing with gaslighting the last last two three years it's uh Oh, I, yeah. have a, I would have a question. I think yeah. like uh, I would think American people are really like propagandized. Like I think even like conservatives when they, you know, even if they start seeing through the lives, I think most of them are still pretty like propagandized and don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. Do you think Mexicans down there, do you like how is I mean, how do they respond to their own government, I guess? Like how do they see their the the powers that be, I guess? That is a good question. So <laughs> the overwhelming majority of Mexicans have absolutely no faith in the government. Like none. Yeah. Like understandably. To, yeah. Yeah, dude. They they have no faith in the government whatsoever. The judicial system here is uh extremely corrupt. The cops are corrupt, the military is corrupt. And there are there are some good cops and military guys but they usually don't stay in very long like my actually my mom's visiting in town and uh she had a shuttle driver and the guy was a cop for like eight years and he got out because he would not bend the knee and be corrupt and he just couldn't be in anymore so but yeah. uh, anyways yeah um in general mexicans absolutely do not trust their government um they got extremely brainwashed with the COVID stuff. See, that's the thing that really caught me off guard, actually, yeah, really? because I was thinking when I first moved down here, before all the COVID stuff, I was like, Mexico's place to be right now, because, you know, people here don't trust government at all. Why would they, you know, bend the knee to this COVID stuff? But dude, they, I hate to say it, but like the, the overwhelming majority of Mexicans just totally drank the Kool-Aid. I still see people wearing masks now i mean you know you go yeah. outside maybe you'll see like one weirdo wearing a mask yeah we see it still sometimes yeah yeah, yeah but uh yeah there there was just there was a lot of a lot of drinking the kool-aid here with the covid stuff um, really i yeah. i was i didn't really hear much about what was going on in mexico but i i kind of assumed the same thing i would assume that they weren't they wouldn't put up with it i kind of just thought but damn no i, I, I i'm the I don't know what the actual statistics are or anything like that, and I don't think I even care what they say the statistics are. But yeah, uh, I'm pretty confident that I can say there are a lot more vaccinated people in the Mexican population versus the U.S. population. Could you uh, imagine? Uh, all right, think about this. Could you imagine like the narco's like going and getting in line and being like, "Yep, give me my give me my vaccine shot." Like, <laughs> dude, I, I I don't know about the narco's. I. I don't know any narcos, so I couldn't tell you, but I, I wouldn't that would be surprised, just be, honestly. Like, could you imagine, though? Like, that'd be just, like, the wildest thing, like, ever. <laughs> like, I just can't picture it. I think yeah. I heard of some narcos giving people the vaccine. I could be totally wrong about that. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> wow. That working. would be wild. I have, I have, actually, I have heard of narcos in some areas enforcing mask mandates and stuff like that. Wow. Well, yeah, I guess, dude, I guess in certain 
certain parts of Mexico, they might be the de facto government. I mean, they have. Oh, the yeah. Well, they were probably get, they were probably they getting are. paid by the CIA. They're like, you guys need to enforce fucking vaccine mandates. motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. We're not paying for That's this right. next shipment of cocaine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. China, too. I know, you know, there's constant like like Trump's like China, China, China. And, you know, but. China is legitimately is, working with the cartel, and they are supplying a it, shit ton of federal of, of uh, fentanyl to yeah. the cartel. Particularly, that's where I heard the, it's the coming Generation from. Cartel, which is like one of the growing uh, cartels, one of the most cartels powerful. right now. Yeah, yeah, they're they're over in Jalisco, which is where we used to live, and but they're cool, man. I mean, a lot of people like the cartel. <laughs> so this is the, <laughs> this is the that's answer. the crazy part. It's you're, no, you're speaking, is, you're you're being honest right now. Uh huh. No, dude. The the culture. A lot of people like. This is what uh, Americans don't understand too. You have um. I forget that in one Indian uh, politician or something like that talking about waging war against the cartel. They don't understand how uh embedded the narco culture is with Mexican culture. So I'll give you an example. Um, a few months ago, I was with with my wife's family, and they work. They worked in government. Um and uh they're but they're good dudes and um they were just talking to me about how narco culture is so embedded with mexican culture and he was like yeah everywhere you look you're gonna see people wearing t-shirts with with symbols and stuff like that and then you'll you know the music you hear everywhere talks about you know i'm basically talks yeah. about people people rapping about cartel stuff and in that moment we were just getting tacos and a truck drives by and he was like, yeah, that song right there, they're rapping about the cartel. And it was just this weird moment of like, what the fuck? Wow. Like, yeah. You know, well, it's, it's huge. Just, I mean, look at, look, at, look at Pablo Escobar in the eighties. Like that was the, the city protected him. There was Escobar, like, like square, like the city protected him because he did so much for, the culture and where he lived and would have and would have legitimately won if if it was allowed like would have legitimately won but they yeah. you know they they released that probably ended shot. up making one of the biggest well yeah i was like probably making ended up making one of the biggest mistakes they could have made for the country and that was you know totally isolating him from what he was doing because he would have gone legit and it would have been a lot different for the entire country if he went legit. And I'm not saying that he's a good guy or that you can justify the amount of life that was lost or anything like that. But it, arguably, if when you look at some of these things, it's like, oh, well, is the government doing much better at what they were doing at the same mm -hmm. time? It's like, no, they were just they wanted it to go through them. They wanted a piece of the pie. And that's the only mm -hmm. thing. I just, I don't think a lot of people realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people don't. And the government, depending on where you are, you'll have some big cities that there's absolutely no cartel involvement yeah. whatsoever. And there's not even, <clears throat> you know, but uh, yeah, in general, the, the government is subservient to the cartel. Yeah and the government is just the face and the cops extort you like I've, oh. I've i've been extorted by cops like it's it's just a common wow. common thing bribery with cops is also extremely extremely common in the culture it's not looked down upon like you try and bribe a u.s cop and they'll throw you in jail <laughs> like, yeah try yeah. and bribe a mexican cop and they'll ask you how much so you know yeah. but I, I think that's actually a good thing that u.s cops won't get bribed like they're you know they they actually 
believe in uh believe in what they're doing like they're they're not just trying to take some money and and trying to store you and stuff like that um yeah so yeah, yeah it's very that's crazy that's just so that's what? just so crazy that it's like right there you know it's like right it like from because i mean i lived in phoenix for a while and and mexico's right there it's just a completely like different culture and set of rules down there than, than what or we lack have thereof. Here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> probably a better way to put it. Yeah, How's, if you guys, for anybody Bitcoin listening, got? I don't know if you guys have heard of Ed Calderon, but uh, he used to work in uh, what was he a cop or military? But he was in some some like elite group and and I think it was Mexican police. And he he's actually like squared away dude, and he's got some crazy stories, man. Ed Calderon, if you've never heard of him, uh, check him out. He's he's a really interesting guy to listen to. But he also talks about how the cartel is moving up into the United States. And yeah, we it's it's so annoying because we're spending how much have we spent on the Ukraine at this point? Like $60 billion or something like that. Oh and yeah, some here insane we are, amount of money. Right in Mexico, you have this legitimate threat that is moving up to the United States. People in California are talking about how the cartel is causing a lot of crime in their areas and they're growing weed in national forests and and uh you know you've had like they, park rangers yeah you've had have... like park rangers watching national forests and see cartel guys growing a shit ton of weed walking around with ak-47s yep. <laughs> yeah, on, this is happening on u.s soil this is insane yeah I, I, it looks like i mean i don't know uh exactly but it looks like there's some evidence that shows that they were even influencing the governor election in Arizona. And yes, uh, well, it would kind of make sense because I don't know if you were paying attention to Carrie Lake, her, her uh, um, campaign, but she was very aggressive about the border situation in Arizona and even said that if she was elected, she would activate the Arizona national guard and send them to the border. Nice. So if you would have, if uh, the car, but she ended up losing the election. Yeah, and it came out that a lot of donor money might have been coming from the cartels through to the Democratic mm. candidate, which was wow. really interesting. Man, that is nuts. That is crazy. Yeah, I mean that's dude. That's exactly what they do down here. Like, there no politician is is actually there's not going to be well-intentioned politician because they're all paid off. And plus, like, I I don't even particularly blame the politicians in a way because if they actually try and do the right thing they're going to be killed but not only them but their daughter and their wife are going to be killed and they're going to be tortured first yeah really really evil horrible horrible twisted way before they're killed so yeah this is the thing man we, we need we need good men to be highly skilled at the art of violence there is no other way about this like, there's no other way yeah no good and honorable men to be skilled in violence because i think that's i you know if if we're talking about the cops i think that's where a lot of the problem comes from is there's been so much bad in recent history um and even even watching them how they how they dealt with covid and things like that there was a lot of bad that went on with that and I think that's where a lot of people just lost. The, I think that's where a lot of conservatives lost the trust in police. I think mean, the Democrats already had, you know, the liberal side already had a stigma towards police. And mm. I mean, the whole George Floyd thing and how that's it was sensationalized a, made it even worse. Yeah. It made it even worse for them. 
and then but the conservatives I, I think covid literally destroyed the the belief system that a lot of conservative minded people had in police when they were shutting down churches and they were you know mm-hmm. allowing the riots to happen but you wouldn't you weren't able to worship on sundays it was it, it was just that's where a lot of the problems have been laid um when it comes to policing especially in the united states yeah yeah, for sure. Yeah, just goes back to what we're saying. You need uh need good guys with conscience in that job. Um yeah, I agree. Dang it, I was gonna say something about that, but I totally forgot. So yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna change the subject up a little bit. Uh I wanna know what's Bitcoin like in Mexico? Is it big? Is it bigger than it is in the United States? Um, because I know a lot of South America has has been trending a lot towards uh, you know, Bitcoin and, and some of those and some of the at least in South American states. And I was wondering if it's the same in Mexico at all. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a lot, pop, a lot more popular in the United States. Um, Is it? Oh, yeah, for sure. For a variety of reasons. But um, you do have a lot. You do have some interesting stuff going on. So you have uh, this guy named Ricardo Salinas. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he's basically like Mm-mm. Mexico's, I think, second richest guy. Um, wow. And he's a hardcore Bitcoiner. He's got like 15% of his net worth in Bitcoin. He's constantly shitposting on Twitter, talking about Bitcoin. He's literally like a Bitcoin maxi on Twitter. It's hilarious. And he's a legit, <laughs> like, powerful, powerful man in Mexico. Um, and he owns uh, a bank called Banco Azteca, and he's trying to get Banco Azteca to uh, implement Bitcoin. He also owns a big, um, big uh, like utilities store called Electra. Every every Mexican knows what Electra is, and Electra currently accepts Bitcoin, like right now. Oh they wow! Accept wow. Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, I also saw another video of uh, HEB in Mexico is now accepting Bitcoin, mm-hmm. apparently, which I had hmm. no idea about, but I guess they're accepting Bitcoin now. Um, <laughs> and well, another thing I can say, too, you'll find this maybe interesting is the cartel uses Bitcoin. I'm, I, I'm oh, not yeah, gonna, I knew they I'm did. not involved <laughs> in the cartel or anything like that, but I can <laughs> say, like, I, I can verify that they are Uh you know, they, they, that makes they are sense. involved with Bitcoin. Yeah. And it makes sense for them to be involved with Bitcoin. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, and obviously there's so much fun around like, oh, Bitcoin is only used by criminals. And I, that's what central bankers yeah. say. It's only used by criminals in the black market, which is not true at all. And if you look at the actual data uh, done by Chainalysis, a company that does uh, blockchain analysis, they found that like less than a half a percentage of all Bitcoin transactions are likely to be black market activity. So that's total fear, yeah. uncertainty, doubt. I would ap- yeah, bet it's my whole life savings that the US dollar is used more in black market activity than Bitcoin. <laughs> Dude, absolutely. Absolutely. It's all the US dollar. Yeah. And it's it's such a ridiculous thing to say that, uh, yeah. And, and we wouldn't say, you know, the US dollar is inherent. Well, the US, actually, the US dollar is inherently bad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> we, we would me. say. <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah it's kind of it's like bitcoin in in mexico i've I've been here in san miguel de Allende for two weeks and i've gotten two businesses to accept it now I'll, I'll end on this to answer your question there was very bad hyperinflation in mexico in the 90s like mm-hmm. no bueno at all and 
uh, that is still fresh in people's minds. Like they, they have lived, that's something we have never experienced in America, uh, at least no. in our lifetime. Not yet. Uh, we have not experienced hyperinflation. So I think Mexico is pretty ripe for Bitcoin adoption. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I figured it would be um, because of the hyperinflation in the 90s and the inherent distrust in the government that I figured that they would be all over looking for alternative solutions. But I didn't I just really didn't know uh, how big it would be. Um, and you you said you got started on it in 2017. What what drew your eye? Were you economically like like in your head? You you understood economics because I, I can tell you while I was in the Marine Corps, economics wasn't even like on my site map uh, to understand. Yeah, no, I um, so I, I knew about Bitcoin. I knew about Bitcoin in 2013, probably my first year in the military. I started mm -hmm. looking more into Bitcoin and I was I was paying attention to Bitcoin because I kind of understood what they were doing, but I didn't fully have the knowledge of what it actually was. Um, so I never touched it and I just, it was always something that I just watched. Uh, so how was Damn. that for you? Where'd you, where'd you just find, I know, right? Yeah. Dude, believe me. So many There's people are in that same times. situation though, man. Like, oh yeah. my gosh. So, I mean, even I was too. Yeah. Like you, you hear about it yeah. and you don't even know what it is. And then you hear about it again and it's like, what is this thing? And yeah. So, um, I got it. Yeah, I, I missed I, two I, bull runs now. <laughs> <laughs> Too yeah, we're still early. There's the whole idea of like yeah. being too late for, for Bitcoin. That's that's not a thing. It's like saying you're too late yeah. for the internet. Um, exactly. I got involved with it after listening to, I don't know if you guys know who Adam Kokesh is. Yes, yeah. he's been on our Yeah, podcast. we had him on the show. Oh, really? Okay. I would love to debate yeah. that guy, actually. He he totally red-pilled me, <laughs> like hardcore, man. Really? Yeah, yeah. He was a big influence in me getting out of the Marine Corps. And, wow! Uh, nice. Yeah, awesome. and he interviewed me on his podcast, like when I was actually in uh, the Marine Corps. Um, oh wow! But uh, yeah, so I, I heard him talking about Bitcoin, and probably the second time I started, like, kind of reading about it a little bit, and then pretty much in that moment, I was just like, "Screw it! I'll just just throw you know throw some money in. Like, why not?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, and that was that was like before before the big bull run, so I got lucky basically, and then during the <laughs> bull run we were on a on a training exercise in in Twenty Nine Palms, so we di we didn't have the ability to use our cell phones and Bitcoin was like twenty thousand dollars at the time. Wow! So, so it's actually very fortunate because even if I wanted to sell my Bitcoin, I literally couldn't at the time. So I was like forced to yeah. buy the United States Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah. oh that's funny hey, that, I, did it did it work out in the end at least <laughs> yeah i mean i'm still here i haven't uh still hodling man yeah so yeah it's no reason are you to uh are you, cut are you a get on zero guy absolutely i am i have 100 percent of my net worth in bitcoin yes wow holy shit i'm still a bitch dude i'm still a bitch i can't <laughs> on, do it the last Hop on the last yeah, we had, I don't know if you've heard of this guy. His name's Rollo. That's his uh, anonymous name. 
and mm-hmm. uh, he, him, and another guy named Carr, like Rollo and Carr. <laughs> these fucking guys. So like, fucking how retarded. fucking weird do we sound? That like a dude's named Rollo and I take Carr my are the ones. Advice. Like they're the ones, but but then they get on here and they explain it all, and I'm like, holy fuck, dude, this makes sense. And yeah. but they. Like couple, like maybe two years ago, I don't even remember. But Rollo went all in. He's like, "I'm getting on zero. No more, no more fiat, nothing." And <laughs> nice. he's like, "I'm." St-. And he came on, and after after the like, you know, Bitcoin came down a significant amount. Yeah, he came on. And he's like, "No, I'm still doing it." And like, he gave <laughs> yeah. his reasons, and I was like, "Holy fuck, dude! This guy, nothing will stop this man." He's like, "I wouldn't even care if it went to like eight thousand. I wouldn't." Know shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 for real. Uh, for so, real man and there there are so many people like that even if you're not like totally 100 percent in bitcoin which you know it i can understand like, not <laughs> wanting to do that <laughs> but um yeah that's that's the great thing about bitcoin is there are so many people that are so die hard about it and will still hang on to the thing if the price goes ridiculously low which is why it will succeed yeah. because if you think about what what is money Money is basically just something that everybody agrees collectively has value. And right. so you yeah. need to have, and, and any kind of revolution, usually it's a very small percentage of the population that is just absolutely uncompromising that really gets people yep. like, here, this, this right here, this domestic terrorist symbol <laughs> I have yeah. <laughs> tattooed. Yeah. You know, they actually made the three percenter uh, logo uh, an official domestic terrorist. Uh, some it's yeah. totally nuts. Yeah, totally yeah. nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But anyways, so yeah, you get the point. Like, you just a small percentage of the population who who will not compromise, and that's that's uh, that's the modern day Bitcoiner. Damn, dude, I just don't know how to do it. Like this get on zero thing, I don't understand. What, I mean, what I'm are like, what are your other investments? My... If if you don't mind me asking. And oh, dude, I'm not. Question. No, I'm not. I'm not investing in shit. I, uh, I, uh, I'm trying to buy a house, but that's just okay. because I need a place to live, and I'm tired of mm-hmm. renting. Um, yeah, totally. Basically, I have a 401k, but that's just because my company matches, and mm-hmm. I have positions in Bitcoin, which uh, my largest position is probably my 401k, just because my company matches it every year. Um, but my largest investment is definitely Bitcoin. Um, my personal investment is Bitcoin. Yeah. But it's just, I just sure don't know how to have your 401k go into Bitcoin. I'm pretty Can sure you? With, without taxes. So I don't know for whatever that's worth. If you ever do decide to go balls deep, then there is hmm. an option. That's probably, yeah. well, I'm going to figure out how to do that. Well, I saw, I saw, so I like Swan Bitcoin. I use, I, I, uh, I use that just because it's easy. It takes it you know, whenever it can, and yeah. I can make it whatever dollar amount that I want to. And then I can also go on there and buy uh, whenever I want to. And then I move it all over to my personal wallet and things like that. But um, mm-hmm. so I use that to basically, that's how I, I've gotten majority of my Bitcoin at this point. But I saw on theirs, they have, you know, a new like a, a, a Bitcoin IRA and things like yeah. that. And I was like, that's fucking dope. I like that. That sounds really good. Um, but that's I didn't what know I, that's that exactly what I was thinking day. about, actually. Yeah. Swan's an awesome company, man. We we don't serve uh US citizens, unfortunately. It really sucks. But uh so yeah, dude, Swan Swan's a great company. And that's exactly what I was thinking about is their 
their IRA thing. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they just came out with it. And if I could figure out if I could figure out how to get my company to still match, I might, I might do the, <laughs> the you should the, talk to Swan. Swan IRA. You should see. Yeah. Yeah. I should. They're, those guys are awesome too. Like they're pretty open to, you know, like talking and things on all the platforms. So I should just message them and be like, yo, what's, what's up? How, how can I, uh, how can I switch over to this? But yeah, you know, um, it's one of the things, the big thing on the get on zero for me is I don't know how like my, my apartment complex isn't going to take Bitcoin. So I'd have to transfer things and I just don't know how to do all that shit. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm just I a holder it. at this point. I just hold. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the dead on zero people, it's not like you never, it's basically like the only cash you have is to pay bills, you know, your rent and bills and stuff like that. And, and it's getting easier too. Um, you have like, like there's bit pay, which I'm not a huge fan of, but, uh, yeah. and then, uh, I don't know, what's another one fold. Um, I don't know. There, there yeah. are some some options coming out. I'm actually uh, working with a, a friend of mine at uh, Bitcoin Reserve to create something to solve that exact problem for people who are on zero. So, yeah. I think that's so, the biggest yeah, problem can, so far. Yeah, just like sorting it out and how do I pay for my life and stuff like that if I'm 100% in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I if I the, could, if I had something that was ease of access, sorry, type, I'll let you go right after. If I could have something that was ease of access that I could transfer it over either immediately or within a day period. So I know like, all right, tomorrow I'm going to have to, you know, buy groceries for the week. So I'm going to be spending close to, you know, 200 $300. I can transfer that over to a bank account that I have to use in the U.S. monetary fucking reserve cash that they give us. Yeah, because, uh, yeah Then I would really do that. It would be really convenient if there was some sort of application where you could send Bitcoin to a lightning address and then immediately receive fiat in your bank account within one minute, wouldn't it? Hmm. Yes, Stay that would be tuned, extremely gentlemen. convenient. <laughs> I was going to say like- <laughs> That would be extremely convenient. Like, yeah. uh, I think, I mean, this was a couple years ago, but like first getting in, like understanding, like, I don't know how, why, but understanding like the economics behind Bitcoin was so much easier for me than understanding like the actual technology itself. Like I, yeah, same. I was like, so like, I don't understand. Like this was the most confusing part. Like I get the theory. I'm fucking, I've read Austrian economics. I fucking know how that works, but mm -hmm. I just don't understand like the whole, like what is going on. And I mean, and then, you know, someone's like, well, you don't need to. Like, do you really understand how, like, the U.S. dollar works before you started using it? I'm like, okay, I guess that's true. And, but um, yeah. I think once Bitcoin, as it advances, it will become more user-friendly. And that will be, like, so much more accepted by the populace. Like, trying to, like, you know, explain to people, like, oh, you got to get a wallet and, like, do all this. Like, you know, eventually it'll just, like, just download this app. Um, don't forget these these passwords. Like, keep this safe. Yeah. And now you can send it to your friend or now you can like transfer your money in and out. No problem. Like whatever you need to do, like once that, like once it gets to that level and I think it's, it's coming, it's not there yet, but I think it's coming. And then like, and then plus with like what we're watching right now with the American banking system, our economy, the U S dollar, um, I think it's like coming, like it's going to meet in the middle. Like things are going to get worse for the U S dollar, but the technology and user friendliness of Bitcoin is going to get better and it's going to force 100%. people to like 
switch over. Like that's how I kind of see it happening. Uh, and why I'm, you know, why we're all buy Bitcoin and why we hold it. Cause I think that's, I don't know exactly. I, I remember I have a question for, we asked this guy, he was about a, uh, probably a year and a half ago when we asked him this and he, I asked him like, do you think that the U S government will buy Bitcoin? And he says that I think that's exactly what they're going to do. Like mm-hmm. he, he thinks there's going to, they're like before the game's up on the dollar, they're going to buy as much Bitcoin as they possibly can. And like, do you think something like that would be possible? Like the governments will start buying Bitcoin uh, rapidly or maybe slowly over time. I mean, governments have already started. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the El Salvador has, and I think technically if you go on, what is the website? Bitcointreasuries.net talks about some of the governments that that technically still own it like bulgaria apparently owns yeah. some bitcoin but it's it's usually like from bitcoin they they stole from drug dealers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just still hanging on to it um I, th- I i personally think that would happen and when it does they have absolutely zero incentive to announce that they're buying bitcoin like yeah you know, like, because if, if the U.S. government announces, hey, we're buying Bitcoin, that is literally the U.S. government admitting that the dollar has no life whatsoever, and they're going to inflate, you know, the national currency to transition over to a new currency, and in the process of doing that, just completely nuke the national currency. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Who's to say it's not it's not happening right now? I... Yeah, Um, I think that's what he said. He was like, I think they already are buying it. He's like, I think they already are. And especially individuals. He was like, individuals in the government that know something, know a thing or two. He's like, they're already buying. He's like, they got to be. And I was like, I just, I don't see how you could be in that position and not be buying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And especially looking at what's going to happen with the dollar right now, I'm sure you guys have been seeing what's going on with BRICS and who's that yeah. one, one African president is he from like Uganda or yeah. something. He put out that message and said, I, I don't remember where he's from holding dollars, get rid of them immediately. And you'll see why I'm saying this. Of course, I, you know, yeah. dude, here, here's the thing too, that like, there's been so much FUD about the U S dollar and hyperinflation for the last 20 you know 15 20 years from people like peter schiff and mike maloney and robert kiyosaki rich dad poor dad guy and like yeah and jim richards you know like there's definitely a doom fear doom porn aspect of this dollar hyperinflation doom and gloom thing but at the same time it's 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 not gonna last forever and uh you look at the previous world reserve currencies and they usually last about a hundred years and we're past that time. So it, it does, it does make sense that we're going to have a huge monetary transition within our lifetime, probably very soon, especially now that Russia and China are talking about trading with each other in the yuan and not the U S dollar anymore. That's a really big deal. And Saudi uh, Arabia. Yeah. yeah Saudi Arabia trying too. to trade in the yuan in the yuan too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a really big deal. And Mexico is going to join BRICS as well. So, and that that's Whoa, another huge. That. Yeah, Mexico is talking about joining BRICS. So that's that's a huge economy right next to the United States, uh, that the United States largely depends on. That could go off of the U.S. dollar. So, 
Yeah. We it's all fantasize crazy. about like, you know, the US dollar going down value and then Bitcoin going up in a lot of value. But dude, as Americans, I don't think we understand how bad that would absolutely wreck us because we don't make anything. Like we don't, we, we made yeah. nothing. The only thing we made is debt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's what I've been saying is like, I mean, if the U S dollar, like if it legitimately collapses, like we think it's going to, or like a lot of us talk about, like, it's going to be so fucking bad. It's going to be so fucking bad. And there's not much you can do. Once that ball starts rolling, it's, it's going to keep getting bigger. It's going to be the biggest snowball we've ever seen. And it's going to lead to a lot, a lot of problems. And I just, when I, when I saw when the bricks thing first came out type, when I were like, Holy shit, like that's big. When they were, when they all came together and were like, yep, we're going to be trading in this. And that was right after the Ukraine war started, I guess. Um, and the U S was putting them under, what what was the banking system that they used? It was that uh, the fuck. Uh, I don't you remember. mean Swift? Yeah, yeah, Swift. Yeah, how they how they yeah they they use Swift to uh, freeze Russian central bank assets. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah, like, that's that a was idea. that oh that was one of the worst ideas we've ever had yeah, because sure. that just forced them to find a different way. Um, to continue to bank and they were like oh look china's offering this up on a platter with us like we can and and they're gonna find and they did find a different way and they were actually looking at bitcoin too they were looking at going through a, some kind of bitcoin system could you imagine russia going to a bitcoin system that would be insane that would be fucking wild yeah, they've had they've had some politicians like tease around. I think Putin mm -hmm. even said that Russia is in a very good yeah. position uh, from a resource perspective to mine to mine Bitcoin. And you know, yeah, you've had some Russian politicians toy around, throw it out there. <clears throat> it's really interesting to see, man. Um, especially when it comes to the energy markets, uh, like energy and Bitcoin, largely going to be merged. Exxon Mobil. Uh, largest oil and gas producer in the United States. They've been mining Bitcoin for two years. Wow. Nobody talks Have about they really? that. They, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can look it up yourself. Nobody talks about it. It's crazy. But they they started a pilot program two years ago, mining Bitcoin. So cutting off the, you know, uh, the the uh, wasted energy that they use from flaring and using it to mine Bitcoin. And they're still doing it. They haven't announced that they've canceled the the program. And then Shell, uh, Shell is sponsoring the Bitcoin conference. <laughs> What's going on here? <clears throat> yeah, so I met I met a guy in uh, El Salvador. I was there for the last uh, adopting Bitcoin conference in uh, November of 2022, and he had worked in the oil and gas industry his whole adult, you know, professional career for like 25 years. Worked for all the big ExxonMobil and Shell, all these big companies you can name. And he was telling me like every every oil and gas company you could think of is gonna be <clears throat> is is gonna be mining Bitcoin within a decade. And, and you know, it's pretty legit guys. Interesting to hear his perspective on this, but uh it's wild. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna see a lot of transformation in our time, man. You know, like just the idea of this conversation happening 20 years ago was completely unfathomable. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Fucking wild, dude. Bitcoin's Bitcoin's probably one of the most exciting aspects of 
where we're at now for me personally. Like that's where I'm just like, man, that's going to, it's going to be crazy when this, like when people start to realize when like, you know, cause there's, there's already people, obviously there's already people realizing, but like when it becomes a daily talking point for the majority of people in their households where they're like, well, do we, do we not like even having the conversation with my parents, parents are, you know, kind of lefty leaning um, people, but one of them is like very big on economics and she, she just doesn't understand it. And I was like, well, I'll try and break it down the best that I know how, but here's some other people that break it down a lot better. And mm -hmm. I was like, I'll tell you how I understand it and why I think, you know, you should invest part of your investment portfolio because they do way better than I do into right. Bitcoin. Um, just as a, as a hedge, like just, even if you think of it as a long shot, I was like, just hedge a portion of what you're investing in everything into Bitcoin because, you know, maybe your crazy son might just be right. Like, just maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's 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 a good good line. Like, even if you think it's not going to succeed, you may as well just throw in 2% of your portfolio just in case you're wrong. And there's a really strong uh, lefty argument to be made for Bitcoin too, right? Like, that's what I think too. Yeah, for sure. Bitcoin is apolitical money, man. That's the whole point is to have have the separation between money and states. Why well, was released on uh, the white paper was released on October 31st, the same exact day as Reformation Day. Same exact yeah. day we had separation of church and state. You guys wow. know that? That's crazy. I did not know that. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, dude, there there's a lot of weird like uh numerological coincidences with bitcoin I'm, I've, I've got an article that i wrote about it and i'm like this close to hitting send but i'm i'm afraid to to be honest because i think you would like probably make a lot of people uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's lot of weird well stuff. now i want to post it dude. now that, post you should it. definitely post it <laughs> yeah i i got another one one for you actually here here i'll just I'll share this with you. Maybe this can be a, a good note to to put a cap on. Can I screenshot? Yeah, that'd quick? be perfect. Yeah, let me uh give you a lot of multi pin. All right, you should be able to <clears throat> okay. get a pop up on yours. Share screen. Host disabled participants sharing. There okay. you go. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Cool. Okay, see my screen? Yeah, it's popping up. There it is. Okay, now I see it. All right, read this tweet. So I'll read it for you. January 9th, 1988, The Economist publishes Get Ready for a World Currency. Uh, my computer's loading. So you've seen this before. This yes. This magazine. Okay, mm -hmm. so January 9th, that was January 9th, 1988. January 9th, 2009, Bitcoin block one is mine, which is 21 years later to the exact day. 21 Holy million shit. Bitcoin. <laughs> what crazy, the fuck? That is Dude, weird. to the exact day. 21 years later to the exact day. That's pretty crazy. 21 million Bitcoin. What the fuck? Yeah. It's, uh... That's insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's wild, dude. So who who is man. this guy who the fuck who the people that did this like what the fuck i mean dude it's i i have no i have absolutely no idea i don't know if it was 
Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was the government, to be honest. Like, GPS was released by the military. DARPA released the internet. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, Tor. Tor was also, I believe, uh, released by by uh, one of the, you know, some faction of the U.S. military. So I don't know yeah. if it was some some rogue group in, in the government or what, but, like, I, I have absolutely no idea. And here's the thing. If, if like, the, you know, if some some faction of the government did release bitcoin that would only make me more bullish on bitcoin because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dude like the the internet um it can be used to control people but at the same time we're having this conversation right now and i think the internet has largely benefited our lives so yeah yeah like, if you yeah. if you take it to the worst possible end like for a libertarian when I first found out about this numerological coincidence between that that uh, uh, magazine on the Economist and and Bitcoin Block One, the twenty one year thing, I was like slightly jaded. I was like, "Dang, is this like some government thing?" You know, but honestly, you know, even if it is, I I'm I that would only make me more more bullish on it. And um, I mean, I I I don't know. I, I personally, I have nobody knows who created it but um yeah it, it's got to it's got to benefit people in power too <laughs> like yeah Bitcoin, no, Bitcoin it, and it will yeah 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 it will in the short it's term just so... I mean, it's, it's for the central banks it's not going to benefit them in the long run no. but mm -hmm. uh but at the same time like you you have you basically have a form of alchemy in a way like you just released this thing into the ether and created a legitimately valuable form of money that the world is slowly, slowly adopting. So yeah, pretty crazy concept. Well, yeah, I think I think it's becoming it's being adopted relatively quickly, honestly. And like the really the grand scheme of things. I mean, it's like more people are mining, like it's like growing what what was it, like two times faster than the internet did. I mean, Bitcoin thankfully has the internet to grow faster, luckily. So they can actually mm -hmm. use right. the internet to grow faster, but just how it is expanding uh, across the world, it's it's happening. Honestly, I mean, when it two thousand nine, it's not even been fifteen years, and I mean, it's pretty popular uh, talking, uh, at least in the political spectrum, like online. It's pretty popular thing that people talk about, even if they're not investing in it. People know what it is, at least heard of it, so. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm very optimistic. Like every time I talk about Bitcoin, I'm very I get very optimistic about it. Hundred percent. I just shared my screen. Sorry. One more thing. I got to share. No, you're good. With you guys, Steve. So uh, at Bitcoin Reserve, we made a uh, a website. It's called theyownbitcoin.com. Okay, and it's a list of yep. over a hundred uh, notable figures who have publicly announced that they own Bitcoin. So just what what you were saying, <laughs> typo of how it's being adopted quickly. There are some very legit names on here. So CEO of Apple owns it, obviously Elon Musk, Jack Dorsey, uh, co-founder of Twitter, Reid Hoffman, co-founder of LinkedIn, CIO of BlackRock. Uh, I mentioned Ricardo Salinas, so well, second richest man in Mexico. Co-founder of Apple owns Bitcoin. Co-founder hmm. of Apple, Steve Wozniak. Uh, what I mean, Peter Thiel, co-founder of PayPal. Just the list goes. Goes on and on and on. On and on. We got politicians who own it. 
So celebrities, yeah, you get the yeah. point. That's that's just it's another good resource I like mm-hmm. to share with people. It's like what what do you know that they that they don't if you're if you're not in Bitcoin in some way? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, that's dude. a very good point. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, fucking wild, man. It's been a great chat with you. I don't want to keep you away from the the wife any longer. Um, but uh, I really appreciate you coming on and imparting some knowledge there at the end and um it's great to hear from you and we'll have to do it again sometime i'd be fucking up for that if you are yeah man absolutely loot typo i'm uh yeah it's fun fun shooting the shit for a couple hours man it's nice to talk to you know nice to talk to some other veterans so thanks for having me on guys it was a good time yeah Yeah. and when you come back to the states you'll have to let us know where you come at (laughs) where you come in dude i'm i'm down yeah i'm absolutely down i'll tell you uh once the recording is over Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> All right. I just tweet. Typo, you got last words? Yeah, I just want to say, Andrew, thanks for coming on. Uh, it was a long time coming uh, after being on your podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to do it again. But that's all I really got. Um, that's the fucking shit show, everybody. We're fucking out. <laughs>